Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Investors Advantage and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The opinions and forecasts expressed are those of the author, may not actually come to pass, and should not be construed as a recommendation of any security or investment plan. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness with your hosts, John Grace and Daniel Medina. They have all the questions about investing, planning, retirement, and the future. You could say it's all they live for. While it can seem daunting getting everything sorted out and the important questions answered, they'll do their best to make it that much easier. Now, here's John Grace and Daniel Medina. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. John Grace and Daniel Medina here, your hosts on our favorite show, Fiscal Fitness. It's every Wednesday from 12 to 1 Pacific time. We're delighted you could spend some time with us at this time of the year. A lot of things going on. Typically at this time of the year, things are very quiet in terms of the market, in terms of what's going on in the economy. Well, not much is quiet these days. There are just a whole lot of uncertainties. We will be talking uh, with a good friend of ours, uh, Scott Zimmerman, who is going to share some information that uh, takes some of that uh, drama out of the equation. It's, it's very good news, uh, and in fact, at, at this particular time. But before we get to Scott, uh, let's talk about uh, what the market is doing, as that's one of the things we like to do on this show, because when you listen to the news and you hear it went up or you hear the, the Dow or the S&P went down, often you can't see anything more than whatever the reason might be that they're offering in terms of why it did what it did. But I think more importantly, you don't get to see a trend or you don't get to see how it's been doing over a longer period of time, or you don't see one of the things that we like to point out is the the disparity. So let's start with the Dow. Uh, That's the Dow 30. And we're looking at the performance year to date. And year to date means how is the market doing from January 1, 2020 through today? And we're about uh, less than an hour away from closing. Uh, Dow's up 200 points. That's a, that's a good, uh, very good day. And the year-to-date return is over 6%, 6.08% for the year. That's a nice number. We get to the S&P 500, which is looking at the 500 largest stocks in the country and probably a better barometer, if you will, of how the overall economy is doing because it's a mixture of everything. It, it is about, uh, it has a pretty significant weighting to technology, and I believe it's over 20% these days, uh, but it's up 14.82%. Uh, and again, uh, modestly up today, 16.84 in that neighborhood, uh, clo- right, right in the neighborhood of 3,700. That I think is an important number. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but 14.82, nobody would be disappointed with that. And then we get to the NASDAQ, and uh, this has obviously been uh, the, the, the market leader for the year, up over 40%. I believe we are in record territory across the board. In fact, it's uh, up 8.59% or so for the day and for the year, up 43.01% so far. So that's really a rocket ship, and uh, a lot of people have seen a lot of gains. And in fact, we go back to the S&P 500, if I'm not mistaken, from the lows so far for the year, March 23rd, the gains have been about 65%. Now, again, that's just a rocket ship. So we're going to talk about, we know that, you know, when you get on the carousel, at some point, the music stops and you got to get off. Right now, everybody's enjoying the carousel ride. 
Uh, it's certainly been a bull market for stocks, but at the end of the day, particularly with COVID, and I think even the political scenario, it's been a bear market for humans. So which way will this turn? Will the car carousel speed up or will it just come to a halt? Who knows? But we want to be prepared whichever way the ball gets bounced, right? Uh, that's the whole point. So let's bring in uh, our friend Scott Zimmerman with Corporate Strategies. Uh, he does a lot of work with uh, individual and group health insurance and, um, and life insurance. And Scott's come across some inf information that's very interesting in terms of how people can take advantage of an offer that a big insurance company has just made available. So Scott, fill us in on, on what this is and how it works, please. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, this is for, let me start back. Mass Mutual has come up with a plan and they call it the Health, Health Bridge Program. And this is for um, frontline healthcare uh, workers. And due to COVID, they're offering any frontline healthcare worker up to $25,000 of life insurance. It's, it's basically, a $25,000 life insurance policy, no cost, simple application, um, guaranteed coverage, and it's for three years. So they'll cover, the, they'll cover that amount for three years. And this is for, there's some restrictions on it. Um, it they'll offer up to $25,000 for anybody from 18 to 50. And then anybody from 50 to 60 will offer $10,000. And again, there's no upselling, no, it's a simple application. You're showing proof that you're a health, um, frontline worker. And do you have any questions? And I'll just, or do you want me to keep going? I have some, just some information on it. Well, yeah, keep. I mean, I mean we would ask, of course, uh, what are the age bands in terms of who right. might be eligible, and 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 what qualifies or you know constitutes a frontline worker? Okay. Start there. Uh, what they're listing. I'm just going to read it to you. Basically, it's as long as you are employed or volunteering and working at least 10 hours a month and you can show that, um, working as a healthcare or emergency medical service provider, it's testing, treating, or evaluating patients for COVID-19. Uh, COVID um, or if you work in a role with COVID-19 exposure, then you qualify. And in addition, they're saying um, your income needs to be under $250,000 to qualify. And last thing they're saying is, in addition to doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, it's any personnel who will be considered for the policy that's a lab technician, custodial staff, maintenance crews, cafeteria workers, security personnel, or any, anybody else that's, that's in the front line, front line, that's working the front line, that's dealing with people where they have a chance of getting COVID-19. So it's actually super simple. Um, to qualify for, you just have to apply, upload your pay stub, and they'll issue you a policy. And you can't be older than? 60. 60, so, right. Oh, yeah. 18 to 50, they'll give you $25,000 for three years. And then fifty to uh, 51 to 60 is 10000 And just a little little side note on it. They're, they're giving this, um, there's a, they're giving up $3 billion of life insurance on $25,000 or $10,000 increments. So there's a lot of people they could take care of. You know, it's roughly a hundred and if it was everybody, I did the calculation, if everybody were to get $25,000, it'd be 140,000 people. Most people don't know about this. And I think it's a, it's Mass Mutual, just as a side note, 
big, safe, strong company. It's been around since the 1800s. It's a, it's a mutual, one of the last mutual companies. So they're, it's a really nice thing they're giving back, giving back. But for the most part, this has not been on the news. It, it, I think it's newsworthy. That's why we're having the conversation. I'm glad you brought it to our attention. Now, how do people go about making application? Um, it's a simple application, which I could uh, forward. They can either contact you and I'll forward you the application and something you just, um, you can give them the application or they can contact me and I'll, I can give them the application. Well, why don't we, you give us your contact information while we're talking about it. Please. Okay. So um, if they want to email me, which is probably the best, is um, scott, S-C-O-T-T, at corpstrat.com. It's C-O-R-P-S-T-R-A-T.com. Scott is corpstrat. Corpstrat. Corp yeah. And okay. I'll just forward the application. And I'm not involved. I'll, they click onto a link, apply here, and it's, it's really simple and fast. And all so, they have to do is upload, it, upload the pay stub. So you're just directing them to where they effectively submit their information. You're not capturing information, uh, data, for example. This isn't any trickery going on. Uh, and there's no commission involved for anybody in, in whoever might touch it. Uh, from what you understand, there is no commission to whoever might be the sender or the insurance agent involved, which, of course, uh, that's your profession. That's a valid right? point. Not one penny is paid out to the brokers or insurance agents. It's just a way to give back and... Who doesn't want to give back, right? Especially well, I, we certainly think that's important. I mean, we're we're doing our best to give back. I mean, the particularly the the frontline workers, these essential workers. I mean, so many of us have the luxury, if you will, of being able to work out of home. Frontline people do not have that luxury, and they're putting their lives, their family lives, every life they touch in peril every day doing their job. And what's so fascinating about these folks is it's part of their DNA. It's just something they feel they have to do and they do it. But I, like I say, many of us have the ability not to appear in an unsafe situation. And, and, and there are a lot of us, primarily uh, minorities and women, who have to make an appearance on the line and deal with the public and who knows what they're actually dealing with and how it's going to show up in their lives two, three weeks later. Uh, and so many of them have been um, having their own challenges, not only uh, health challenges with COVID, but mental challenges from this standpoint. I mean, what, what was it a few years ago, the highest number of, of, uh, of suicides were dentists because who wants to go to the dentist? So imagine being a frontline worker, knowing this is what you do. You can't stop. You can't take a breather. And it looks like every time you turn around, the numbers seem to be increasing. I mean, we, we made a big deal out of 911. What was it? 3,000 people we lost in, in roughly a day. Uh, and now we're at levels where some days across the country, the death from COVID alone is over 3,000 people or near 3,000 people every day for the last week or so. I mean, this is, as I've said, this is a, this epic, uh, this COVID-19 is an epic uh, disaster, is a, a disaster of epic proportions. That's how I like to put it. So anything else uh, there, Scott? So you, you from um, up to 60, $25,000, and the cutoff at $10,000 is from the age again? 51 to 60, they'll, they'll do 10,000. And just keep in mind, um, at the end of three years, they don't come back and say, hey, do you want to renew? It's, it's a free three years of life insurance. And yeah, there's no, no upselling, no, no commission, nothing, just giving back. 
Well, and that's, a, that's important. Uh, Daniel, you had a, a question. Scott, do you have to die from COVID to get, get paid out on it? Or oh, that's a good question. question. No, that's a good question. It's really just a really good question. So just, so just a, a straight life insurance policy. Term, term life insurance, giving back. Yep. So for the, I don't see a reason why if you're a frontline worker, you wouldn't apply. I don't see. I'm, I'm surprised they're not capped out on the $3 billion at this point. And from right. what I understand is, yes, they've written a lot, maybe in the 10000 to 20000 range. I mean, there's a lot more to go. There's a lot more they want to give out. And Daniel's question is important, folks, primarily because many people say, oh, I have insurance. I have accidental debt. Scott, what has to happen with uh, to be able to have a death benefit in an accidental death policy? How is it the case that nine times out of 10, there is no uh, uh, distribution of the, uh, the death benefit? Why, why is that? Yeah, you know, accident, accident insurance policies is the biggest the insurance companies make the most money because it's it's not even nine out of 10 times. I'm willing to bet, I don't know statistically what it is, it's probably one out of a you know a thousand times where somebody is dying from an accident, right? It's usually heart, most people die from heart, diabetes and things like that. So um, you, in order for these accidental death life insurance policies to pay off, you literally have to die in an accident. At that time, in other words, you can't yes. die two months later from COVID no. or pneumonia, yes. <laughs> okay, or some other reason. Uh, effectively, your head needs to be decapitated from your body. It just has to be separated. That's a, that, that has yeah. to be on the death certificate. No other reasons. It's like going out for cancer insurance. Well, you pretty much limit your chances of dying from and being paid off for any other reason in life. It has to be cancer. Otherwise, right. there's nothing to be paid out here. Right. So, yeah, this uh, the the the, the in policy that Scott's talking about has no limitation in terms of the death and of course all the work has been done by the actuaries they they're the ones we have have clients as actuaries these are really smart people they just love running numbers and that's what they do how can we make whatever it is we do for the insurance company available and really uh, keep our chances of going out of business exceedingly low. How can we always make money? The, that's the question that they that they that they work on all the time, twenty four seven. And I think that's a it's it's a fascinating job. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. Anything else, Daniel? Is there anything else that they need to know about the policy to apply? Is that really um, is it really just that simple? Just apply. It's really that. So I've seen the application. I've helped out a lot of people do it. You know, helping out of handed the, the website out to a lot of people. Seems too and good to be true. Great responses. Very that's simple. All, that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I wish, and it, I wish it fall, more insurance companies doing it. I'm sorry. No, no, I, oh, I do too. But that it falls in line with what we're doing for frontline workers. And that is providing free financial planning. Uh, that uh, the national cost uh, average we found uh, June of 2019 in Seattle is about $2,000. So we're, we're making sure that the frontline workers know, you, thank God you're doing what you can to keep us in good health. We're gonna do what we can to keep you in good wealth so that you know what you're trying to do when you stop working, that there's enough money behind that door to keep the same kind of lifestyle going on. So it, it falls right in line with the work that we're doing and we're really happy to do that work. And these folks are, are so appreciative and something like this, in either case, I don't think has been ever offered that, I, that I've known uh, in the last 40, 41 years. So Daniel, we've got to go to break. Give us our instructions, please. 
You can find us on Facebook under Investors Advantage, on Twitter at Money on Course. Our website is ybpoor.com. You can reach us by email at contact at ybpoor.com or give us a call at 805-495-2077. And Scott, we really thank you for coming on and explaining what's available. And in the event that someone came on late, please give us your contact information again so that if folks want to take advantage of this $25,000 policy as an essential worker, where do they go? Yeah, uh, they can reach out to me the easiest way. If they want to email me, I will forward them the application or the, the website, I should say. Contact me at scott at corpstrat.com. C-O-R-P-S-T-R-A-T. Dot com. Exactly. Scott, that's a good name. That's my dad's name. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll all get along just fine. All right, folks, we're going to thank Scott. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll come back on the other side uh, to discuss how this is just not a typical, very quiet Christmas season. A lot of volatility going on. How can you play the game to win? We'll see you right back after this short message. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YB4.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, folks. We're so delighted you could spend some time with us this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. This is John Grace and Daniel Medina, your hosts here on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. And we're going to talk about the stimulus, but we also want to make sure you know that I'm the proud father of a new book. So we'd love for you to have a copy. Uh, it, they are available at eBay and at Amazon. And the title is Making Finance Make Sense. Striving to Win, 
uh, very proud of it. Um, we've got a QR code in it. So we, part of our um, way of doing business to make sure you don't just put the money somewhere and share when it goes up and maybe cry when it goes down. What's your target? So it has a QR code that allows you to see, put the numbers in for yourself to see what is your personal target to make retirement optional or, or to make work optional. <laughs> Either way you want to look at it, okay? Uh, it's nice to have choices, but as, as we were talking uh, from time to time on the show, we were working with uh, Daniel and I with one couple. Uh, she makes about 60,000, he makes about 40,000. That's 100,000, right? And now we can see, and they can see for the first time that their specific target is $2.6 million. And that would provide the equivalent of what they are spending today, roughly $100,000 in 2020 dollars. What that means is they need to set aside 15% or $15,000 from $100,000 that they're earning, roughly $1,300 a month, get a 7% return. And to the extent that that combination is exactly what happens, they know exactly what they're going to have behind door number one to have the equivalent of the $100,000. And we've accounted for a little pension and social security as part of the equation. But if you send us your contact information or give us your email address, we can send you my book, uh, again, Making Finance Make Sense, Striving to Win, uh, via the uh, Kindle version, it'll get a message from Amazon saying it's it's in your inbox. Uh, take a look. If you'd prefer to have a, a paperback, let us know. We can we can help you set that up. Uh, again, they are available. My books are available on eBay as well as Amazon. So, Daniel, uh, this stimulus deal. Uh, what do you think of it? What, what does it look like right now in terms of how it has been proposed? I think, well, first of all, I think it's, I think it's needed. Uh, I think everyone's kind of waiting for it. This whole pandemic has been a mess for the individual person. And I, in my personal opinion, there just hasn't been enough to support individuals from the federal governments. If you look at other countries there, I think they're doing it a lot better than we are. That, that goes for not just for this, but for healthcare and for taxes and for other things, but in, for education. In, in education, or we yep. just do we just do things kind of backwards here. We do things our own way, and then we scoff at the world for for them getting it right. But <laughs> that's this, well put. This in particular, the second round of stimulus, it's a kind of an extension of the first one with a, a lot. It's kind of a lot in it, and the most important thing for most people is 166 billion in direct checks. And the way I understand it is it's $600 to individuals making under 75,000 a year, up to 75,000 a year, and 1,200 to couples making up to 150,000 a year, plus $600 for each, for each child. So okay. that's, that's the most important thing for most people. So a family of four could see $2,400. Could see $2,400, right. Okay. Right. Depending, depending on income, of course, but for the, for the average, uh, for the average family in the United States, that's going to be, that's probably be, be around where it was, which is about half of what it was the first, the first round. Right. That was certainly a little more meaningful at $1,200. And now the president says, you guys messed this up. You should have made it at $2,000. Now that to me becomes interesting because uh, Mnuchin suggested that the uh, administration led by the president, Donald Trump was in full accord with the work that they were doing. And then it looks to me like he just threw everybody under the bus to say, no, you guys messed this up. Uh, you didn't get it right. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Uh, it's a disaster. It, it needs to be $2,000. But now that puts, uh, he doesn't have the ability by himself to just cause that to happen. W what has to happen for that to occur? And of course, a lot of people would like to see $2,000 over 600. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And the funny thing is, I think that's if I remember correctly, and this <laughs> my wife reminded me of this because she follows this a lot closer than I do. That Pelo Nancy Pelosi asked for two thousand, uh, her the first time around for, That's for every yes. individual. So yes. it's 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 funny to see how we circle back around or how he circles back around to where she started, and now here we are at six hundred dollars a person. It's not enough, and I agree, it's not enough. Uh, I think I think you're right. He doesn't have the power by himself to to make any change like that. It would have to go back through Congress, which means more time and more more delay. And here we are going and getting to Christmas in uh, two days and end of the year, and people are already short. So that just it just means more time and more delay. Well, that's the cruel part, as far as I see it personally. I mean, so many people are on hold. According to the Washington Post, eight million people have be gotten into poverty in America just since June. Meantime, uh, you know, Donald John Trump is uh, fleeing to Florida, I guess, for the Christmas time yeah, amid the, the COVID chaos. And his staff is uh, beginning to clear out for uh, Vice President-elect or President-elect uh, Joe Biden. Uh, but one of the things that, that got my attention is a strategist named uh, Dennis Boucher. I think I, I got that close. De Boucher, okay? It's, uh, I'm sure that's a French name. He's a uh, strategist at Evercore ISI. He thinks a tailspin in the markets and the economy will absolutely take place if President Trump doesn't find a moment to whip out his pin and sign on the dotted line immediately. Now, he goes on to talk about some things. Now, people say, you know, this is this is doom and gloom. Well, it is what it is. You can judge it any way you like, but th these are the facts. Apparently, according to the Census Bureau, just Wednesday, new home sales are down 11%. The Commerce Department reported uh, today that the consumer spending fell in November for the first time since April. Uh, yesterday, Tuesday, the conference board said it's closely watched consumer confidence index dropped to 88.6 in December from a downwardly revised 92.9% in November. So he's saying that this is not stimulus. Uh, this is a direct aid to the American people who are in need of this money immediately during this, this, this holiday season. So if it is the case that, you know, he, President Trump, he can bluff, but you never quite know what he may or may not do. Uh, and um, if he throws Steven Mnuchin under the bus, I don't see any reason why he might not fail to sign this bill. And, uh, you know, he certainly wants $2,000. I appreciate that. But uh, there are a lot of people who are, who are hurting right now in a very meaningful way. And a lot of people who, at the end of this month, could be literally thrown out in the streets because they can't make their rent. So he's also saying that um, the stock market, we'll be talking more about this uh, on, on the other side, but, you know, is, is, is part of the challenge, if you will, from the standpoint of seeing clearly in that we're all becoming complacent. The stock market has shrugged off the possibility that he won't sign. Uh, and, and I think this, is a, this kind of ex explains things real well. The stock market seems to have embraced all the good news and put all of the bad news on ignore. So this certainly, they, we have not been paying attention or we certainly haven't, I don't think the market has priced into the current uh, structure that uh, uh, a signature won't happen. If that signature does not happen very quickly, I think we would see a very different stock market in terms of reaching 
these new highs. And, and that's our concern in terms of how so many things could be, as I say, in the quiet of the night, just be reversed in a, in a very big way, a, a severe tailspin. Well, what are your thoughts on that, Daniel? I think you're right. I don't think the market is really priced in the possibility of stimulus not getting passed currently. Uh, in, in a in a, a longer short-term perspective, and I'm talking in the next month or so, right. I think that would shock the market. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to it'll be worse for individuals than it would be for the stock market itself. Though the market, I think, would would price it would correct would anticipate some kind of stimulus coming in the, ne in the next administration. So where it would be a short-term shock, I, I, I think we would recover. Uh, I, do, I do believe that if, the, if, the, if the, this administration doesn't sign the, simulation, the stimulus, then we are going to get some kind of quick stimulus coming in the next administration. So well, it, it's yeah. worse for the individuals than it would be for the stock market in general. Well, that's why we, we as we say, you know, it's been it's been a bull market for stocks and a bear market for humans this year. It's a great disparity. And I think we can see some of that. We're looking at what, 42 percent for the Nasdaq, 8 uh, percent for the Dow, you know, just so far or 6 percent for the Dow. Um, yeah, that's right. And then 14 percent for the S&P. That, that's a that's a pretty wide disparity. And that's part of the, the challenge here. We've got what? Tesla's up over 750%. Again, I think from, from the trough March 23rd through certainly probably probably today, um, overall markets up about six, over 60%. That's, that's a, a rocket ship straight to the moon. Yeah, but, it's, but, it's... but what goes up does come down. Eventually, yeah, it has it has to come down. Tesla, in particular, I think, is way overvalued. But it's it's a tale that I haven't have knots right now because the people who are hurting are really hurting, and the ones who aren't aren't at all. And there's not many in between. No, and that's the problem. And that, and I think that's the conversation that more of us, as just individuals, if we're having any conversations over the holiday, to really. Uh, take some time to be curious about how things are turning out, whether you're the 1% or the 99%, or in fact, uh, what did I come across that you know, average household income is 65,000. And, and it may be that up to 19% of those people are currently out of work. So if you're average, you know about that. If you're talking to your friends and other people who are more outliers. In other words, they went to college, they are making good money, they, they have the luxury of working from home. They have a whole different story. But if you only talk to the people who are like you, you don't see Homer and Marge Simpson, if you will. You, you won't see these the, the minority situations. In fact, when we talk about average household income in America, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's around $65,000. Many people think that's just terrific. Those are Most of the people who think that's terrific aren't living at that level, by the way. But when we <laughs> dig a little deeper, we find that for uh, Hispanic Americans, it's about 50,000. For African-Americans, it's all of 40,000. I mean, are you kidding me? Who thinks that's a good, either of those numbers are anywhere good, any good anywhere in this country. By the way, for uh, Asian-Americans, it's more like $87,000. So a uh, big difference for Caucasians, it's about $70,000. So it's, it's interesting to look past just the hood ornament. Let's look under the hood. It's a two-cylinder, four, 12-cylinder engine. Let's look to see how all of these parts are coming together because certainly if you're Asian-American at 87,000 versus African-American or, or Latinx, it, it's a very different story. But we that that story 
is told by all of us, kind of like an orchestra, right? We're all playing our own little instruments, but it all comes together. If we're only paying attention to the tuba, well, we miss the rest of the orchestra. So I think it's healthy for us to have these conversations. And I think it's healthy for us to talk about, well, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. What can I do for other people to do well. And, and I mean, the best uh, maybe analogy I can put on this is probably the only class I paid attention to in middle school, the only history class that I paid attention to was where we were studying World War II. And the, the part in the book that I found the most interesting declared that in World War II, what the Navy discovered is that the, the, the line of ships, the convoy could only go at the speed of the slowest ship. Huh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, I probably spent the rest of the day thinking about that. I, I thought that was a great character characterization of, of what life is about. If we, you talked about healthcare, Daniel, and, and one of the reasons that other countries, and in, in certainly my opinion, uh, and I agree with you, are doing better is because they take care of everybody. Whether you're a fast ship or a slow ship, they take care of everybody. And, and, and what we notice, for example, is when it comes to the um, age of debt in America, we're slipping. We're going backwards. The other developed countries are going forward. Their average age of death is increasing. Ours is decreasing. And it, it seems to be primarily because the slowest in the line, if you will, are the people who are at the end of the line who don't have the resources. They don't have insurance. They don't have any money. Their health is, is, is declining. And the people with the resources and, and the health insurance, their life expectancy is expanding. But on average, we're moving backwards about six months in the last two or three years, up until 2008, we were right there with the other developed countries in that our life expectancy was uh, continuing to get longer. So Japan, for example, is, uh, I believe by five years longer than uh, these United States of America. So it's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a story, I think, that we have to look at the, all the pieces to the equation. And, and maybe this COVID uh, experience is going to be good for one reason. You know why? Uh, maybe we will embrace science again. <laughs> maybe as we're all amazed by how quickly the technology came together to put this, this vaccine in order in record time, we'll maybe get out of our heads a little bit and recognize that just as the world is round <laughs> and that there is gravity, and I guess some people are still arguing about those two pieces of data, but we, we've got to see the, 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 the big picture and recognize what can we do so that we all do better. What, what's your thoughts on that, Daniel? I think, I think you're right. I think we're, we're far too individual in this country and, and everyone is, and we're just looking at it ourselves. Um, but before we go to break, let's, let's touch on the other parts of the stimulus package. Okay. There's, a, there's a whole lot here and not, not everything is important to everyone, but for a lot of people, the, the, the unemployment help is going to be a big difference. And it's $120 billion in extra unemployment help, which translates to $300 a week additional through it, through the middle of March, through March 14th for Businesses, there's an additional 325 billion in uh, small business loans. Uh, most of, the, I believe, 284 of that through the Paycheck Protection Act, the PPP loans, and 20 billion for businesses in low-income communities. 15 billion for companies struggling with live venues, uh, movie theaters, and, and, and museums, stuff like that. There. Okay. 
Next is actually, this was 45 billion in transportation aid and some more, some more for airlines, which I think are, is very interesting. Um, food and farmer assistance. And what about this three martini lunch thing? Speaking of uh, robbing the Peter, or robbing Peter to pay Paul. I mean, how, how's that work? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, isn't there part of the provision that you're able to take a deduction uh, for uh, uh, food if you're a corporation? Well, yeah. I mean, that's always been that's always been a deduction. Um, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not familiar if, if there's I don't know if there's something additional you're talking about for this for the stimulus package. But that's always been that's always been a deduction that 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 companies have been able to take. Yeah, well, I guess maybe it becomes a double the tax uh, deduction for business meals. So they call it the three martini lunch deduction, increasing the reimbursement from 50 percent to 100 percent of meals. So uh, got it. So, yeah. That, that, so, that's yeah, a that's, big difference. That's a big difference. That, that is a very big difference. And certainly when you add that up a few times a week throughout the whole year, then now we're talking about a large, a much larger deduction. Yeah. Which, and, and, but, but the timing is fascinating. Who's having, who's having a big lunch anymore? The, Anywhere. the people that are doing well. And that, and that goes oh. back to the haves and haves not because the ones that are doing well are doing real well and they're just going <laughs> to keep doing better. God bless the one percenters. I'm so jealous, I have to tell you. Green with envy. All right, so we've got to take a quick break, and we'll see you folks uh, right on the other side. Look forward to seeing you right back here. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit ybpoor.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's ybpoor.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service, and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, folks. John Grace and Daniel Medina here on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. So glad you're right there with us. And we want to say happy holidays. However you celebrate your holidays, may you have the best of holidays. And also may, may January 1st become a happier new year. Okay, so we're talking about this uh, stimulus package and what's going on in the economy. And as I say, it's not... Uh, just sleepy time around the country or around the world, really. Uh, and we were looking at uh, this, uh, the, the, the deal with the three martini lunch is fascinating because according to the Census Bureau, as it, with data from July, 26 million adults reported going without enough food to eat in the past week. Okay, uh, so we've got, we were talking about the disparity between the one percenters and the rest of us, and some of us are doing extraordinarily well, and God bless them, they could go to their villa someplace and stay there and have all the food and wine and good times that they, that they can enjoy, and the rest of us are stuck, and we have to show up and actually have to work for a living. So the, the rate is even higher in terms of the food insecurity for Black, Latino, and immigrant households with nearly four out of 10 black and Hispanic households with children now struggling to feed their families. Many households for the first time are seeking food assistance. I mean, this is, this is America. This is the richest country in the world. And is it the case that it's not uncommon for us to give farmers, what, $60 billion to throw their food away? And yet we've got people going hungry, and and yet we are extending the deduction for lunch uh, twice, from fifty percent to one hundred percent for the people who are who are doing really well. And that way, I guess they can continue to have their three martinis lunch, and, uh, and not look at the rest of us who aren't able to have a one martini lunch. Daniel, what else do you see in in this package? It's for for renters, right? Yeah, the one that we didn't get to before the break was the extension for the rental and the eviction ban, which is pretty, which is pretty important. If if it's very, it's going to be very valuable for a lot of people if that can get extended. Now it's only going to extend it to the end of January, so it's not a lot of help, but it, it, an extension would help a lot of people. And essentially, it's just going to it's going to extend the ban where people can't get evicted or can't get foreclosed on. Well, I mean, and these people, they haven't done anything wrong, right? It's all of a sudden, how can you pay your rent if you can't eat and you have no money because you have no income? It's really, it's it's just an amazing situation that that we are in the middle of. And and I have to agree with you that when I look at other countries, primarily the 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 the, the Eastern countries, countries, although I think Canada's done a good job. They, they were on this ball much sooner than we, I don't even think we we're on the ball yet. In some cases, I think they were ahead of the ball, but uh, there's no way in the world it makes sense to, the way I look at it, for us to be as a country in, in the predicament that, that, we have, that, that we happen to be in at this particular time. So um, anything else? No, no, uh, that's, okay. that's, there's a whole lot in the bill, but it's, it, 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 it well, 5,500 pages, right? It takes three so. and a half hours to print. And I then they made a decision right. in what, 2.6 seconds? I mean, who digested this thing? And how much pork is in the fine print? We don't even know yet. No, we and, don't. 
<laughs> and we don't even know if we have a deal. I mean, Not yet. <laughs> Not a final one. Oh my goodness. Are we having fun yet? We'll just go back to square one tomorrow. See what happens. Yeah. We'll just turn into Rip Van Winkle, go to sleep and hope we wake up. But it's all much better than it is right now. On the other hand, uh, is it the case that we're in a bear market rally? I mean, no one knows when the coronavirus sell-off will end and a new uptrend might emerge, but here's what we do know, and that's what we'll be talking about, is how to what you can do to keep your assets from being handed to you, right? So while uh, investors wonder when Apple, Amazon, Tesla, and Microsoft, and other, particularly the, uh, the tech leaders, will eventually rebound and a new stock market might uptrend, uh, we'll begin, start by looking at volume. That's one of the things we would suggest that you, that you, uh, that you keep your eye on. You know, do you hear that the market on the day that you have to pay attention, was there a lot of volume or low volume? A lot of volume is very good. Uh, low volume is not as good. It just means that it's, it's more thinly traded and you may have the market leaders, the companies that like we're talking about Amazon, Apple, Tesla, they're all hitting new highs and the rest of the market, like what we saw in 2000, were hitting new lows weren't participating at all. And I've been saying all year long, this year feels to me a lot like 2000. And it looks to me right now that uh, this Christmas, we're partying like it's 1999. And then some people say, well, I hope it's a great, uh, you know, the the roaring 20s. And I'm like, well, let's let's keep in mind at the front end, it, it started with the roaring 20s and it finished with the Great Depression. <laughs> Could it be the case that we might be in a similar situation as we have been before? And let's be clear, we don't like math, we don't like budgeting, and we certainly don't like history. So in this country, I think uh, one of our uh, one of our issues that we have is that uh, we like to talk about ourselves as being, um, you know, American exceptionalism, but we don't do much in the way of learning from history. I think we do a lot more about repeating history. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, let's talk for a minute, Daniel, with, with uh, Tesla in terms of being included in the S&P 500. On the one hand, some people say this is going to be a trillion dollar company, but, but what, what do you see that uh, in terms of learning from history, how Tesla may be a, um, an example of uh, where we've been before, where a new company gets uh, included, and now you know your mutual funds have to buy that company. But what have you seen in terms of how some of those uh, situations have turned around? Well, it's it's an interesting one. Tesla, in particular, is one of those stocks that that's been has made a lot of noise this year, and a lot of people think it's going to be the the large the largest corporation in the world. Uh, it's it's had a big run, and it's just. It's hard for me to believe that it's going to sustain where it's at from a valuation standpoint. It's the, from a PE ratio standpoint, which price, which is price to earnings. How much, how much is the stock price versus how much they're earning? It's one of the ways we measure how, if a stock price is worth what it's currently trading at. It's the average PE ratio for the S and P is about last I saw is about twenty or twenty one. Tesla is over thirteen hundred, so it's sway with the stock price is far more overvalued than, than what it's what it's earning and if you look at it from a from a comparison of market cap it's worth more than well i believe not all the majors together but just about all if you put them all the all, all the major car makers together then it, tesla's worth more than them with a fraction of the sale 
Well, and, and for the most part, it's the tax credits that they've been selling, if you will. That's been what revenue they've been generating, right? It hasn't been really the production of cars so far. Well, they've, 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 they have a lot of demand and they're selling a lot of cars and they're selling a lot more. They're selling more and more, but they're just not selling enough to really compete with the majors. It's a fraction of the sales. Right. So that's the, where, where is this? I'm sure they're going to continue to have a lot of demand, but I think it, the, the price where it's at today seems to me like it's more speculation in people in the fear of missing out than it is the value of the actual company. Now that creates a different problem because when we get into those territories, when you get into the into the FOMO investing, which is FOMO is fear of missing out, people just start just keep pouring money into it because they think that the price is never going to go down. And what happens eventually, eventually, is it is it does it, it corrects. It hundred percent. And and right now we're it is for me it really feels like I say nineteen ninety nine to early two thousand where nothing was having a hard time. Everything was hitting new highs, houses, bonds, stocks, and we're exactly in that same situation again, right here, right now. So, uh, and and keep in mind that um, you know, again, the last half of the decade for the '90s was incredible for Nasdaq, four to one return, and then uh, the first two years it was off like eighty percent. So that that math is almost uh, unimaginable, but that's the reality. And now we're seeing this comes from Fidelity that the average IRA at the end of the third quarter was up 7% from a year ago to a level of about 118,000. And the average 401k was up 4% at 110,000. Now, again, these are, these, are, these are nice numbers, but the real question is what does your number need to be? So, you know, to see it gain, that's good, but is it enough? And what needs to happen for you to see that you're gonna have enough? Or if you're retired, what needs to happen for you to keep the values intact so you don't experience a 50% uh, decline for reasons that you had no control over. But there are ways maybe that you should be looking at what you can do to keep your assets, as I say, from being handed to you when the market goes down like the Titanic. So that's the thing that, that, that we're keeping our eyes on and the things that, that um, concern us. And, and valuations are simply nuts. According to uh, YCharts.com data, the annual gross domestic product, U.S. stocks are now valued at a 184% of GDP, 180% of GDP. That's and that's used to. It's like what Warren Buffett would say: comparing stock to GDP was a good rule of thumb uh, to overall valuations. But the current level is off the charts. Uh, surpassing even the early 2000 peak of 140%. So as I say, we have been here before and we have exceeded those levels where, where we were in the early 2000. Meanwhile, measured against the replacement costs of their metrics, uh, something known as uh, Tobin's Q, U.S. stocks are nearly four times their average historic levels. And this is according to financial consult consultant Andrew Smithers. So uh, we're, 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 we're just all getting high on the hopium. Um, we've gone from optimism to euphoria. It's been irrational exuberance on steroids. And in fact, the latest Bank of America survey of global big money managers shows even the investment pros are succumbing. Uh, the profit expectations are now at an all-time high. This is uh, according to B of A. After polling nearly 200 managers around the world, controlling more than a half a trillion dollars of investments. Uh, optimism, this is a, is a Goldilocks view, consistent 
with, uh, you know, everything goes up, it, it never comes down. Institutions are heavily overweight stocks. Uh, They're holding the least amount of cash since 2013. Cash balances are down to levels that trigger Bank of America's sell signal for stocks at this day and time. So is there any way of forecasting, Daniel, how this might play out? Nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of metrics. It's it's really it's an interesting one because I think as long as the Fed keeps spending like they're spending, things will keep going up. And as long as they're willing to keep pumping money in, then they will get us out of this. But that does that can't hold forever. I I don't understand how that could hold forever because at some point the va- the dollar value has to matter or the debt or has to matter. But it just seems like it, that's that right now it doesn't. Not yet, not yet. But at some point, like as we all know, what goes up, what goes down, must come down. And even seven-year-olds know that all bubbles burst and there are no exceptions. And Robert Schiller just about a year ago uh, pointed out that his opinion that he saw bubbles everywhere, bubbles in the bond market, bubbles in the stock market, bubbles in real estate, all bubbles burst. So, and the bigger the bubble, we all know the bigger the burst. So that's why we're saying folks, don't be complacent. In fact, I saw one of the doctors who's a specialist on this coronavirus say, the problem with optimism is that it breeds complacency. And frankly, that's my concern with investors. So many folks are being very complacent. Uh, and he says, when it breeds complacency, it, it just means you're, you're not keeping your eye on the ball. It's so easy to miss something or not be prepared for, as I say, the, the carousel to stop, the music stops, and everybody has to get off the carousel. So we, we want you to give some thought to what kind of loss you may find acceptable and then see what you can do to design your portfolio to perform within your specific parameters. One way to test that is to see what your portfolio did first quarter 2020. If you wanna go back further, look at 2008. Uh, Many people saw their portfolios off even more than the market was off, but maybe your portfolio didn't have to be that far off. But if you don't look, you won't see. And if you don't see, you won't know. And if you don't compare apples to apples to see how you might have held up better, then I I think you're a sitting duck for whatever happens to happen again to you. And, And here's the other part of the equation. Just think of it. Is it possible you might not have enough time to recover? So maybe there's a significant downturn. I I think the odds are uh, pretty favorable. Uh, And in fact, some of our uh, pundits are suggesting that we could see uh, a a lower low than we saw in 18 at 20. We saw earlier this year at uh, 35, the next low could be 40 or more, and that might be the first leg down. So again, we're not saying this is going to happen. We can't predict the future either, but let's just suppose that we keep testing the lows. The first one was 20, the second one was 35. Suppose the next one is even lower. That's what these pundits are suggesting. And I think that that logic makes sense. But what also makes sense is let go of whatever they're saying and, and take a hard look at exactly what your account did at the worst time you can see it and then see how you might have made some changes 
before that situation happened in your account to hold up. So again, if the market's off 35% as it was from what, February 19th through March 23rd, and your account was off, let's say seven or 10, hypothetically, certainly less than the 35%, it, it gives you some ability to have a nice day because you don't have to pull out your hair worrying about, will it come back? And will it come back in the time frame that I need it to come back? But if we can keep that hole from not being so deep, so certainly it's a shallower hole, certainly it takes a whole lot less energy to fill in that hole or get back to the high water mark. What, what say you about that, Daniel? We got to go. Are we out of time? We're out of time. Okay, we were having fun. We were having fun, weren't we? All right, so folks, we are out of time just about now. And uh, let me just leave you with my, fav my new favorite quote from my good friend, Margaret, lessons from your puppy. No matter what life brings you, kick some grass over that pile and move on. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning to Fiscal Fitness. Please join John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an excellent week.